0: It's a Fancy Plants Podcast, we're
1: talking plants,
0: like orchids and familiars, the Fancy Plants Podcast, come on,
1: we're We're talking talking plants, like annuals it's all about them plants.
0: Hello, fellow plant fanciers, welcome to episode six of Fancy Plants Podcast, Chris here, as ever with Sue and Amanda.
1: Ladies, how are you today? I'm really good. My husband and I got some camping in last weekend. It was absolutely fantastic. One of our local campgrounds just reopened and we are in there. It was fun. It was wonderful. Gosh, I haven't camped in a long... I
0: I only have a tent now and I just
1: refused. Do you, you guys have a trailer? We just got a trailer this year. We actually bought it quite early on in the year and then everything went sideways. So Now we're trying to make up for it and get lots of use out of it. Awesome. That's awesome. Sue, how about you? Oh, everything's
2: going good. Had a little pig roast this weekend for my mom and dad's 40th
0: wedding anniversary. Wow, that's impressive.
2: 40 years going strong,
1: celebrated with a pig roast. (laughs) They're absolutely (laughs) adorable, though. I love your parents.
2: (laughs) I want to meet your parents. You've met my mom, haven't you?
1: Oh, yes, I've met your mom.
2: She's come to plant group. Yes, I have met your mom. My dad is world-renowned, like, with the friends, all my friends. They know him as the ja- dad joke dad. Like, he'll still, to this day, if you're like, hmm, I'm thirsty, he'll be like, hi, thirsty. I'm Robert. <laughs> um, My maiden name was Bateman, or my dad's name is Robert. <gasps> he is not the painter, but it is actually fun introducing him to people because their eyes get really wide, and they'll be like, like, the painter? <laughs> and weirdly, they actually look like they could be brothers.
0: Oh, so there could be a case of mistaken identity.
2: Yeah. When we moved up here, I remember my mom went to the bank and the lady, like, freaked out and everybody freaked out because Robert Bateman. <laughs> oh, that's That's exciting. amazing. At least his yeah.
0: name wasn't Patrick Bateman. Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> you must know the movie American yeah. Psycho. Yes.
2: Yeah, and that's funny because, like, my dad, my uncle, and my grandpa, when he was alive, they'd all call each other Bates. And um, I don't know how they did it, but they'd be like, hey, Bates. And then they'd know which Bates they were talking to. But then I remember watching Bates Hotel and being like, why do they call each other Bates all the time?
1: But yeah. Funny enough, I uh, worked for a company in Edmonton years ago and the other girl that was in the same position as me, her name was Amanda. And we both had the same last initial. Oh. (laughs) So our bosses would just come in and try and make eye contact with one of us, trying to figure out which, and they called us Amanda 1 and Amanda 2 and I It switched around regularly. Problem is, is we both started on the same day. So it couldn't even, you know, differentiate that way as to which one of us was the new one or the old one. And we're both the same age. Yeah.
2: The greenhouse I worked in there um, this spring, there was two girls with the same name and they called them thing one and thing two.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So long as you're you're okay with it. But her, her and I still to this day laugh about it.
0: I always want to, when someone says like Amanda one and Amanda two, I always want to say like Amanda one and Amanda a,
1: (laughs) so that they're both like first. Exactly. Exactly. Equality. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. This is going to be, my name was very, very popular when I was born. So this is going to be my new standard for when there's two of us somewhere. Mm
0: -hmm. And same with Chris, there is inevitably two or three of us. I've actually sat on a few, um, in with a few groups of, of people where there's been three Chris's and we had to be very careful about who we were talking to.
2: I very rarely run into another Sue or Susan
1: or Susie. You have no idea how lucky you are.
0: <laughs> Last weekend was my parents' thirtieth anniversary celebration at my aunt's house and we had a great time, lots of family, lots of social distancing. And um yeah, thirty years is a is a long ass time to be married. That's is. a milestone. Yeah.
2: Yeah, my parents were 40 and yours are, yours are 30? Yeah. Wow.
0: Which, um, it's actually my mom's, uh, he's my, my dad is my stepdad. So, I wish I was younger than 30, but I am not.
2: <laughs> I was going to
1: say, I remember my 30th birthday mostly.
2: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Um. Yeah, Jeff and I will be on our way. We had our 20th this year. Oh,
1: congratulations. That's exciting. Hmm. And here I am all proud that like we just hit three. I just said five. <laughs> there you
2: go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got married young, had kids young, and it kind of sucks now because our kids are grown up. But like a lot of our friends have kids, and so they live the love life of partying and all that fun stuff and traveling when they were in their twenties. And now we're kind of like, oh, it's just the two of us now because everybody have has to find kids. some traveling friends. Yeah, we need to find some friends that were parents when they were young, like
0: us, or just
2: um not parents. No,
0: or maybe, not parents.
2: Maybe. Well, yeah. I have you guys.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Thanks. Did you get that? We're second fiddle Oh, now. yeah. I totally <laughs> got that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I have you guys. <laughs> I have you guys for sure. But like as a couple friends like that we've had forever. Of course. Yeah. That's yeah. just the way it, it, it went. And I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. Of course. It's-
2: I'm okay with it. I don't have the energy I had when I was in my 20s anymore, but still, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Nice that. to have the freedom a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like I got rid of that. Well, I don't get rid of the kids, but
1: you (laughs) You just made it sound like you locked them under the stairs and they're good times. (laughs) They're
0: more independent, they're growing up, and you got like so cool to be able to watch that happen. And now you have a little more freedom. And not from the love you feel from them, but just the ability to be a little more autonomous. Yeah. That's not a bad thing.
2: A little more free. We call it Freedom Road. Freedom freedom road. Road.
0: That's all right. Well, talking about parenting, I do have some plant baby guests with us today. They're pretty. Who do I have here with us? So we have a, I just bought these to replace one I just myrtilated uh, a few weeks ago, a new string of hearts. Uh, and I'm going to make this pledge now to you, new string of hearts. I solemnly swear to water you on a regular schedule so that you may grow long and beautiful. And I promise that you will not suffer the same fate as the other string of hearts that was too high for me to water. That's, that's, that's two now. Oh, I was going to say, that's how many now? Or it's like, two. Now. Wait, wait, that was a cornosa. <laughs> Yeah, so I did that twice. Confession time, did that twice.
2: Um,
0: But this one, it looks, it looks good. It and does I'm look just good. i to just going to keep going,
2: going with the that. The dish suits it nicely. I like it.
0: Yeah, I actually got an orchid. That was an orchid pot. Uh, oh. So it's long and kind of an oval shape. And um, the string of hearts just kind of spills down one side. And I'm going to make a shelf upstairs for it to live on. Okay. That is within arm's reach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> These are important things.
0: Also with us is a Calithia musiaca, or a mosaic. And this is a new acquisition that I'm completely in love with. Um, it's just getting acclimatized. So, and I think it probably needs a repotting sooner rather than later. It just looks a little tight in there. So I'll be dealing with that. And the, I don't know if you've seen these leaves before, fellow plant lovers, but they are absolutely mind-blowing. So, of course, we'll put a picture of that up for you. Also, with us today, fitting with one of the themes we'll be talking about, Amanda very kindly gave me a Hoya Bent. Is that the whole name?
1: Uh, CV Bent. Yeah, yeah, it's Hoya Bent.
0: And it is a lovely Hoya with very sturdy, um, kind of textured looking leaves, very smooth, and it's growing like crazy. It develops a beautiful black margin when it's in the sun, and it has.
1: Some new blooms they are a beautiful green they really
0: is so cool and so right now on the peduncle there's quite a few little flowers on there one of them is open although i want to say i thought i read somewhere with ahoya all of the flowers on the peduncle are considered one flower does that sound right to you yes okay so one of the one flowers is already open <laughs> uh, one of the parts of the flower i don't even know how to describe that But I will put a picture on that for you, uh, of that for you listeners online. and You can have a look at it and see what I mean. And the flowers are green with a white center. Um, I don't know what they smell like yet, but they are super cool. And they're the Hoya flowers where the petals kind of bend back a little bit, where they don't form like a flat flower petal, I guess. They are the ones that kind of look like they're moving through the air with abundance and speed, like a shooting star. Shooting star. I love it. I love it. So we have that guy with us today because we are going to talk a little bit about new blooms. So what do you guys got for new blooms happening right now?
2: Well, I have, um, I was given a, by a girlfriend, a Hoya meredithii, and it's got a bloom coming on it. Now, I don't know if they'll last because it has been moved recently and everything. So I don't know if it'll last, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping I also have um, a peduncle starting to form. It hasn't had buds or anything on it yet. It's still just kind of in the early stages of forming on, um, I think it's called my Hoya AH 37. Mm. And so it has one, one peeking out under a leaf. So I'm hoping that as well, will. um, continue and grow into some blooms because I'm curious because when I looked it up to see what its blooms look like it actually couldn't find anything so it'll be a whole new game and then I have um I have a Hoya pachyclada that has um little fuzzies coming off a peduncle that it came with little 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 pokies coming on it so hopefully that turns into something soon
1: nice uh I'm actually really excited I have a uh, Hoya that's not all that common it's called Chienin thout. And it's actually named after uh, quite a prolific uh, plant collector. It sounds like kind of a hot actor. Uh, he's a botanist, so <laughs>
0: yeah. I just think Channing Tatum. Yeah. You know. I okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He, he's a botanist, so you know, not uh, a well-established one at that. So not um,
0: not not a hot actor.
1: Not not a spring chicken. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're gonna go with not a spring chicken. Okay. <laughs> Was that diplomatic? Uh, Anyways, uh, I got this, (laughs) Chris is dying laughing. (laughs) So I I got this uh, particular Hoya as a cutting from a collector friend of mine in uh, the east here of Canada. And I got it as a cutting in probably 2017. And when I got it, it was, uh, it was okay. It was kind of lackluster. So I stuffed it in my south window and I kind of forgot about it. And now it's got these beautiful variegated leaves. Well, it's not variegated there. It's a finisoni type. So the veins and the leaves are much darker than the leaf itself. And the the leaves are actually bigger than my hands now. And it just bloomed here two weeks ago. It was its first bloom ever. The smell is absolutely to die for. It's like a really fresh perfume. And it's got the refluxed petal on it as well. So a lot like the uh, Hoya Bent, where the outside set of petals come back. So it looks more like a shooting star. Absolutely fantastic. I am over the moon that it's blooming. I think anytime you have your first bloom Hoya, and you're like, like the first
2: time it blooms, that Hoya, your first time, it ever, like you get a bloom, you're excited. But then after that, you enjoy each bloom, but your first time each plant that you get, your, each type of Hoya, it's just as exciting as the first time you There's had a Hoya bloom.
0: There's nothing like the first time, friends. Nothing like <laughs> the first
1: time. Yeah, my uh, DS-70 as well is just absolutely covered Mine in too. blooms it's right little, now.
0: It's little, but it's the same thing. Oh, it's yeah. it's yeah. just like,
1: hello, flowers for you. Yeah, all <laughs> of them, all the time.
0: And yeah, they're, actually, they're
2: cute little red flowers. I have mine's, mine's got blooms on that as well, peeking out underneath leaves.
0: My like carnosa is also blooming the one I have in my office. That's pretty standard stuff. It blooms constantly. Now and I find especially with the easier growers like Carnosa and uh, like the um Cubicalyx, they once they start, it's hard to make them stop. And actually a reminder for those of you who do have Hoya that are blooming, never pull that peduncle off because it will keep flowering for you over and over and over again. But if you take that away. Um, it just, it won't flower in that spot again. Chris's Hoya tips. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I also have a guy upstairs that I am surprised it is about to bloom again, even though I have moved it from its original, very sunny location. And yeah, it's in a, in a bit of a, it's in my office now at home, which is a bit darker and I'm so pleased that it's going to bloom. And then outside of the realm of Hoya in my life, I gotta tell you guys, like, I'm really proud of my tomato plants and I know we don't talk about a lot of outside stuff. But my tomato plants are huge and they are flowering like crazy and they have a bunch of tomatoes on them and I just feel feel really proud about that because I've never had that much success with with a tomato plant.
1: That's exciting. Those are blooms? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, outside. My yellow peony, I bought it and had a couple buds on it and then they didn't open. They kind of just wilted and And hung on there. So I cut them off and I have new buds on my yellow peony. Paid way too much money for it. (laughs) But I've never seen a yellow peony. So I'm really, really, really like in real life. I've never seen one. And it's like a sunshine, like sunflower yellow. So I'm really excited for that to open. I'm watching it and I have some outdoor cactus that's going to bloom too.
0: I missed my cactus when I was on holidays a couple weeks ago. I was sad. It's so short that they bloom for but also while I was away, all my lilies bloomed. And they're a really weird color. Like, I didn't plant them. They were just already there. And they're like this uh, fluorescent orangey pink color. Beautiful. Yeah. Too, I've never That's seen exciting. It. Yeah, I've never seen that color before. Beautiful. Uh, new blooms for you, Amanda? Any uh, others?
1: I've got several that are um, bud. My Hoya Lohiri is actually planning on blooming for its first time. Now, it's, it's thinking about it. It's a Hoya. It could be another year before I see actual blooms on it. Uh, my methild Splash uh, just absolutely went to town blooming the other day. And my regular methild is full of buds. But I think we all kind of know when there's something not right with a plant. Yeah. And there's two reasons that a plant will flower. One, it's super happy and it's going to reproduce. Two, it's super desperate, and it's trying to reproduce before it dies. I'm a little concerned that uh, this particular one is uh, falling into the latter category, because every time it blooms, I end up getting yellow leaves that fall off. Uh So it's going to take some investigating here. I'm pretty sure that uh, I've got some root issues in that pot. So...
2: Yeah, and that's the thing with hoyas is I find that they get, like, root rot and that kind of stuff pretty pretty easy. It's not always easy to figure out for people, but a lot of times if you have some leaf problems, check your roots.
0: I have a science question about hoya flowers. Okay. Okay, if I take, like, two hoya flowers and I smash them together a little bit, is that the same as pollinating? <laughs> uh,
1: unfortunately, no. Great. <laughs> Chris and her bloom, (laughs) her bloom talk. (laughs) I want a seed pot, okay? Um, Pollinating hoyas is actually quite incredibly difficult. And it involves, uh, to the best of my knowledge, and now please somebody correct me uh, if I'm wrong on this. To the best of my knowledge, that little star in the center of your hoya flower needs to be removed. And you're going to see the reproductive parts underneath and apparently even um, as well-established Hoya breeders and people who come up with new varieties, the tool that they use the most to pollinate and cross-pollinate their plants are actually cat whiskers. Oh, wow.
2: And who was like, let me take a cat
1: whisker and try (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed, but botanists and like like professional plant people, we are nuts.
2: (laughs) I know. But it's just like,
1: you know, who discovered
2: that we can drink cow's milk and how to get it?
0: Oh, boy. Okay, you know what? I we could go a long way with that. But (laughs) so what we're saying then is because in my mind, I just picture taking a couple of, you know,
2: Playing the bird, the bee
0: just kind of like, it's like you know they're on a date,
2: and then ta-da, seed pod. So there was actions with that, folks. (laughs) So (laughs) not only sound effects but (laughs) action. So
0: these ladies just learned a lot about me. So I, I guess I'm just disappointed because I want a seed pod, but maybe that's why we don't see a lot of hoya seed.
1: There is, uh, yeah, it's not all that common. There are a couple varieties of Hoyas that um, are actually really, really easy to pollinate. And there's a few that are classed as annuals because you do start them from seed. The plant only has a natural lifespan of Mm. about a year and a half. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to call those bang and smashers. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Going to get my hands on some of those.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, quite a few dashidias are, are very easily pollinated. Plant porn. <laughs> oh, I want a banging
0: smasher plant. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, ladies. If any of you come across a plant like that, let me know because I want I want a seed pod. Fair
2: enough. Yeah. yeah. I think Chris and I talked before, too, of like trying to take two different ones, like one from this type of Hoya and one from this type of Hoya and seeing if we could...
0: Yeah, can we just mad science this? Um, you could try. Who has a cat? You guys have cats? Can I, I borrow a, a whisker?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to see you hold my cat and try to get a whisker. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: noticed no one said dog whisker. I have a dog, but I'm, I don't know.
1: I, I same you, thing? I don't know. Olive, come here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Olive. She is with us here today in the studio because heaven forbid she should be more than 10 feet from me. Um, Uh,
2: she's just our other co-host. Yeah. yeah.
0: She's the boss around here. She's totally the boss around here. She probably won't mind if I steal a whisker from her.
2: And if anybody wants to know, Olive is a beautiful whippet. And, uh, she's a very classy lady.
0: She's 10 years old, so she's already been through the the shoe-chewing phase, which was quite spectacular, by the way. Yeah. Yes.
2: She's glamorous. She
0: kind of owes me a whisker for... (laughs) For some bang and smash plants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I refer to Olive as the princess. So, yeah, Yeah, she's glamorous. She'd never miss it. She'd never miss it.
0: Uh, And, you know, new blooms come, like Amanda's saying, when plants are happy and when they're unhappy. And that's a good kind of segue into our main topic soils and growing mediums. So, I know Amanda has been excited to talk about this and she has warned us that if she is speaking beyond normal, human comprehension um then we are to stop her and you know bring her back down down to our layman level (laughs) please don't let me go on a tangent
1: please don't (laughs) let me go on a tangent
0: so i mean i guess for folks who are normal plant people ranging from the new folks who we talked about last episode all the way up to those who are a little more um experienced what are let's just start with some general thoughts about when you go buy a houseplant, and so let's take my Calithia uh, mosaic here. I'm going to repot it. What are some things I should think about?
2: Is it fair to say density in soil? Like, you don't want it to pack so tight that it's like a clay. I've bought plants before that were like that. They're packed inside the soil, and you go to take them out of the pot, and it kind of just stays. Not because it's dry, but because it's packed so tight. Like muddy? Muddy. muddy. kind of, Muddy, yeah. Almost. I don't like that.
1: Okay, so first off, when you are buying a plant from a nursery or you're going out and you're buying soil to repot your plant uh, and anything that you're going to get from a professional greenhouse or grower is technically a soilless potting mix. There is no dirt in that. So... Your typical garden soil is in fact a soil. It's made up of clay and loam. That is a much denser, much stickier soil. So if you can make sticky mud out of it, it is not a soilless mix. Those mixes in particular, like uh, a topsoil, for example, those are your soils that will get hard and crusty and black and they will waterlog because there's clay in those they don't have the same soil porosity meaning that um, they don't have the space for the air bubbles that your plants need
0: so that's exactly what sue was saying is that the density of that soil matters because a houseplant needs a little bit more room soil
1: density is a whole nother thing we're just (laughs) we're So basically what you're saying is don't
0: use topsoil or garden soil Please for your don't. indoor plant.
1: No. Yeah, because it just packs too much and they don't. Yeah, they it, can't breathe. it gets hard. Uh, your plants can't breathe. The roots can't freely move around.
0: So topsoil then or garden soil is for when you're putting down sod or you're building planter boxes in a garden?
1: Absolutely. Okay. It is, you know, a good quality topsoil with a nice triple mix in there that's got some um, organic components. That's going to be great in your garden. Your potatoes are going to love it. Okay. Okay. Hey. Um, in your house, you want a peat-based soilless mix. So peat moss, and this is the stuff that you get from the store is actually a short fiber peat moss. Hmm. Um, you can get a long fiber sphagnum moss as well. And that is the um, the white stuff that you see in orchids, which you can grow in as well, depending on the plant. Um, I have a bad habit, I, and it's not even a bad habit. Uh, greenhouses generally tend to pick a general mix for everything that they grow. It is not economically feasible for them to uh, be able to um, switch soils in between every type of plant that they pot. Yeah, because so, that wouldn't be good business. No, it is just economically the amount of time and uh, space and cost. It's just not going to happen. So they generally tend to pick a good general mix. So you're going to go and buy a cactus from the store, and you're going to be like, "This soil's terrible. It's the wrong stuff for a cactus." Why do they do that? And the next plant to it that is a string of hearts is gonna have the same soil in it as the next plant to that that wants something that's a little more of a light mix. So the lowest
0: common denominator
1: that will get the plant growing in and out the door. Absolutely. This is a good baseline for most plants. No it's not ideal. Here we go.
0: But when I get that plant home, I shouldn't repot it right away, should I? Should I be waiting for new growth?
1: I I don't recommend repotting as soon as you get home. So you got to think that that plant that you just got from the store has gone from your supplier. We're in Alberta, Uh, so our suppliers are generally in the lower mainland B.C. So that plant has gone from living the life in a greenhouse with these beautiful prime conditions. It has been stuffed into a box. That box has been put into the back of a truck. It has been driven. Bounced. And bounced. Halfway, you know, it, it's gone two provinces. And then it has been put on a shelf in, if it's lucky, a greenhouse. Um, if it's drawn the short straw, it's sitting in a store that has artificial light. Um, and it's not the most stress-free way to get a plant. So then you get it and you put it in your car and you bounce it home and then you put it into your home, which is, again, it's way better than being under you know artificial light and not getting what it needs. But it's going to need time to acclimate, get its feet you know underneath it, enjoy your sunlight, have you nurture it. Yeah,
2: so what you're saying is basically, if you take that new plant home and it looks a little sad after a while, it could just be that it's getting used to Absolutely. its new conditions. I don't know a lot of people are like, I just got this somewhere and they're like kind of panicking because it doesn't look good. Yeah, and that's completely
1: th- normal for people yeah. to do.
2: And give it give it some time for some the plant to go, "Oh, okay, I'm home now." Yeah. I think I can I think I can do this.
0: Yeah, I got those three desert rose plants uh, a few weeks ago and they are unhappy, but I have had a few of them now. And I know that once it understands what's expected of it here in my house, <laughs> it will smarten up and uh, turn around and and be beautiful.
1: Yeah, I feel like you've given it an ultimatum. We had a stern talking. Not oh, fair. Enough. Yes, we had a stern
0: conversation. Me and me and my little uh, desert rose forest. So you come. So you're when you're out and you're looking for soil in the store. There are so many different kinds. Um, and you know what? Actually, I want to ask you about peat moss because. The term peat moss totally freaks me out, and I don't know why. I feel like maybe I'm thinking of, like, muskeg. For some reason in my brain, I put those two things together. And so muskeg is, I don't know, it's just like a sponge. Like, it's wet, gross land that is, you know, you can't can't walk in it. And I I just picture, yeah, totally. I just equate them in my brain, and I know that that's not
1: right. So what actually is peat moss? Okay, so peat moss is mind. Um, then it is mined out of a peat bog. But the difference being where, you know, that, that peat bog that's in your mine that is wet doesn't have anywhere to drain. You know, if you've got a pot with drainage, uh, peat itself, it doesn't compact. It's got really, really great pockets for air and it's got really great soil porosity. So if you have it in a pot with drainage, that water is just going to run through. It's going to absorb what it can hold without waterlogging.
0: You've put my mind at
1: ease. with that Did, did I? Much. Because I'm like, it's kind of the same.
0: Yeah, but you're right. Because in, a, in its natural um, situation, that water has nowhere to go. And no. So I guess I just, I think of bogs.
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> right. And, and uh, we live in an area where those are plentiful. Yes. So. Yeah, and you
2: think of like kind of smelly, full of mosquitoes, kind of wet marshy land. Yeah. I totally understand where you would get that from.
0: Yeah. So, get, Sorry, and I kind of switched tracks there in the middle, and, but just getting back to the other comment about um, when you're in the store and you're faced with all of the different things on the shelf, what, what does all of that mean? Because you have cactus soil, you can have succulent soil, you can have potting mix, you can have garden soil, um, you can have... Perlite, you can have vermiculite, you can have all sorts of additives. You can have just straight peat moss. Like, what should
1: you if you're what should you be looking for? Okay, so all of those um, specialty soils have what are called amendments in them, and soil amendments are things like uh, vermiculite, perlite, orchid bark. Uh, those are all soil amendments. Those are all things that are added to a standard peat moss in order to make it a soilless potting mix. Um, I think uh, for the person just starting out a good general, not specialized, but a good general soil is going to be just your typical soilless potting mix. And that's what it will say on the bag. The soilless part is likely going to be in a smaller print. Um, sometimes it'll be called tropical mix. Um, sometimes it'll be called house plant soil. Um, but the soil list will be on there in a smaller print.
0: What about things like pumice, um, grow stones, like those little, or, um, leica? Lika,
1: it's like, that's a tomato, tomato one. Yeah, Everybody okay. pronounces it different. There are different ways to grow. Um, there is like a a semi-hydro method and that is a pot that doesn't have any potting soil in it at all and that is uh, the the leica is an expanded clay pellet and it's actually designed to wick up water and that's really good for plants that like an even moisture and lots of air at their roots because all of the little holes because those are round balls it's like trying to put you know Fill a container with golf balls. There's lots of space. Um, those all have air in them, and it's really, really great for a lot of plants. I will start cuttings that way. Um, the roots, if you take a plant out of soil and put it into Leica, the roots have... There's quite a bit of an acclimation process because there's... Soil roots and water roots are different.
0: I was just... Yeah, I was wondering that, and mm-hmm. I've heard that before.
1: Yeah. So water roots are usually really... Um, Plush and juicy and white and fat and big, whereas soil roots tend to be a little bit harder, and they just absorb nutrients differently.
0: Oh, so that's interesting. So why do does a person then um, propagate in water and then switch it into soil? It's uh, or and, sorry, growing medium or whatever we want to call it. Yeah, soil.
1: Soil is just fine. <laughs> just don't call it dirt, and I'm happy. <laughs> Dirt's what you sweep off the floor and what you put in the garden. <laughs> Uh, it it's a thing. I'm sorry. Propagating in water is actually a really great, really easy way to get a lot of stuff to root. Where people run into problems in switching it over to soil. Lots of people are like this plant was doing great when I was rooting it in water. I have to put it in soil, and now it's wilted. Is that those roots that it put out have had so long to get used to taking in water, they have to completely redo how they do things in order to grow in soil. So the best time to go from water propagation to soil is when your roots are half an inch long or shorter. And a lot of people leave them in their jar till it fills up the jar. And then they're like,
2: or whatever they, mm-hmm. they have it setting in. Because it's fun to watch the roots. Oh, and absolutely. Like,
1: and you know what? I'm guilty of it as well, because yeah. I'm like, I will pot that next week. Yeah. Yeah, it never happens. I make my own soil. Um, I, and I...
2: I think that's a great thing to do. You kind of have your general. Then you have your bag of perlite, bag of vermiculite, bag of ah, orchid bark. You have a bag of, uh, I have a bag of clean sand. And so bring a plant home. And, you know, if it's an, say like a Hoya, I'm going to add more perlite to it before I plant it. If I have a cactus, I'm going to add some of the sand and some more, perlite and probably some of the puma stone, which is just big perlite chunks, and maybe some orchid bark. Just make it, make the soil that you don't have to have like big bags of everything.
1: So a good way to do custom soils is you get a plant home and it's starting to have new growth on it. It's current pots looking a little tight. She's looking a little uncomfortable in there. It's difficult to keep watered. It's time to repot. Do a little bit of Googling. And you'll find out that okay, this plant um, typically in the wild will grow on the side of a tree. You're not going to find a lot of soil on the side of a tree, so they're going to want something that is fast draining, uh, maybe a little chunky, has some moss in it, maybe some leaf litter, and possibly chunks of bark. So that's why you know anybody who's anybody who's really into hoya's has their uh, preferred secret recipe Mm -hmm. so you'll find a lot of people you'll take your standard soilless potting mix and i do i i'm super scientific i use a four inch pot and i put in two scoops of my standard potting mix and then i have a um a chunky uh, orchid mix that's got um uh, some fine fir bark uh some charcoal in it some Uh, chunky perlite and I throw a scoop of that in there and then I usually throw a scoop of uh, actual medium-sized perlite in there and I mix it all up and that's that's my secret recipe.
2: Not a secret anymore.
1: Yeah and then if I'm doing uh, like my agaves I take a scoop of my regular soilless potting mix and then I usually take a scoop of perlite and uh, I use bonsai soil and that's nice fast draining. Yeah I always make
2: Make my own for what the plant likes, how much drainage I want it, my cactus and stuff are usually like like about a scoop of soil and then you know three scoops of everything else in total, so you don't have too much and it drains fast and other things you want it to hold a little more water, so you might have might just use it straight. but I think mixing it is fun
0: I was always a little I always like to be efficient um, <laughs> so for usually what I would do is grab some uh soilless potting mix, but I actually really liked the Dutch treat oh, cactus Dutch soil, treat so I would get that as much of that as I could, dump it into a big bin, and then I would throw in uh orchid mix lot probably half perlite um by volume, and mix all of that together, and that just became like my big ass bin of of soil
1: that's all right, yeah,
0: and it worked and it oh, it's yeah. but now I can't get um. I can't get any uh Dutch treat which is unfortunate. So I do have a different off the shelf I'm going to call it um potting soil that I have. I just need to get some orchid mix now to kind of mix in there. It just it just seemed to work, but I do feel like there is a difference between the soil I have now and what I had before and I I really I really miss the Dutch treat. And you
1: know what everybody gets their their preferred this is the soil I like and it's not even that they're all that different. You know, there's, there's some subtleties in the mix, but everybody's got their, this is my one. You know, I started in greenhouses and it, we were a ProMix greenhouse. We use ProMix for everything. And to this day, I will crawl over every other brand that I come across because I need ProMix. Is it better than anything else? No. Um, are any of them better than any other one? All depends on who you talk to.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of like my Dutch treats too. Right? Like no. not no. even just the cactus, but like all. Yeah, it's nice stuff.
1: And, and there's some people that like Schultz, some people that like Sunshine, some people that like Miracle Grow, some people that like Pro. Like everybody's got their thing. And honestly, if it is a good quality potting mix, you don't have to add stuff to it. What you would have to do later on is watch maybe your watering schedule. If you're just using straight potting mix, I have agaves at home in straight potting mix and they do absolutely fine. Where you have to watch is, I know that potting mix takes longer to dry than if I had a whole bunch of other stuff added to it. So long as you're aware that if you have the same mix in everything, you have to be more mindful of your watering schedule. You can't just water everything all on the same day. Um, you're good. So how important
0: is it to, and I don't want, I don't want to get too deep into the um, drainage versus no drainage in a pot, but. How important is it for the water to be able to essentially flush out some of the salts and things that
1: build up when we water our plants?: It depends on your water, for one. Um, the town that I was in for, uh, that I was in, or still am in, uh, for quite a while was on a well, and they had exceptionally soft water. It, it, to me, it tasted like baking soda in the water. It was absolutely horrific. It made your coffee green. Yes, it did. It was horrible. You can't mess with my coffee. No. <laughs> so, um at at that point if you have a high salts in your water, if you're a heavy fertilizer, um things like that, you will need to flush your pots on occasion. It it's kind of a 60/40 if you're using city water of any type, you're not going to have high salts in there unless you have a water softener in your house. And you're probably pretty good. You know, don't fertilize heavy every watering. There's lots of people that fertilize a little bit with every watering, and that's fine. But you do a little bit all the time, or you do your regular every once in a while. So keeping in mind how your potting mix um, holds
0: water is really important.
2: It is. It's just like people, right? Yeah, it is. I I think that's the important part that makes a mix is how much you want it to hold water or drain through. Mm-hmm. And each plant needs something a little different. Well, not each plant, but there's, you know, many plants need something different or do better in something different.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I guess they, they don't need it, but they will definitely do better in something that is tailor-made for that specific type of plant.
2: So a question I see on group slots is people are like, what's the best Mix for this. What's the best mix for this? So are you just saying kind of go by your watering conditions or go by the plant?
1: Sixty forty could go either way. If you know you're a heavy water, and and I see lots of people that are like I'm a heavy water, and lots of people will use just straight cactus mix, store bought off the shelf cactus mix that is fast draining, because they know they're a heavy water. There's Not nothing there's wrong any- with that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, it's quite a brilliant solution to something that you know that you do.
0: Yeah. So that's really interesting because it's not always about the plants. No. It's about your, your relationship with them and how you kind of meld together. And So every person's going to have a little bit of a difference in how they,
2: how they yeah. treat their plants. Like, So if you find that you are an overwaterer, try putting that calathea in cactus soil. See yeah. what happens. I'm a chronic underwaterer, to be quite honest. Me too. Yeah. You know what I've become is I'm big on flushing my plants every once in a while. I just have, since I started doing it, just letting water run through, run through them, watering them till it runs through every once in a while. Seems like they're Clean, just Just happier. flush them out, just like a detox. Yeah, give them a little <laughs> detox every once in a while. You
0: Everybody know, likes a, month a good shower.
2: shower. Yeah, get a good shower, good soak through. I have found that I feel that my plants have decided to be a little happier. But I also don't, when I water, I don't let my water sit on the counter. I usually use rainwater till I run out. Um, I'll use tap water, though, and
1: I don't let it sit out or anything. I just fresh from the tap. Dump it in. Watering yep. is a huge debate. There's people that, you know, everybody wants. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. You need to do that. Mm. 90% of plants that you have in your home, honestly don't care. But if it makes you feel better to leave the water out, go for it. If you want to add uh, dechlorinating drops for, like that you would use in a fish tank, fill your boots. If you want to use the water from your fish tank, that stuff's great. Yeah. You know, if you want to use rainwater, perfect. So with
2: soil, soil kind of outbeats your watering. Figure out what, what kind of water you are and then go with your soil from there.
1: If you want to get that in depth into it, sure. If you've got your uh plants all lined up in their original grower pots, just be aware that they all have the same soil. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a another question
0: about soil, um and I think we've all heard stories like this where you open a bag of soil and there's critters in there oh, or
1: the dreaded plume of fungus gnats yeah,
0: or you are using soil and discover that there was bugs in it as an example. I I don't think I've ever run into it but is it common and also should you be sterilizing soil before using it?
1: Now there's lots of people that like to sterilize their soil and you can bake it in the oven, you can microwave it. Um, I personally don't. Um, I will if I notice that a bag of soil is full of junk and I just don't like it, I could. Bake it. I could microwave it. I could freeze it. I throw it out. It is not worth my time or my effort. Financially, not everybody has that option. Bust out your microwave.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: the downside to microwaving your soil: yes, it kills all the bugs, but it soil has um, beneficial bacteria in it as well. Um, it's got uh, lots of stuff. Is naturally populated with mycorrhizae which is a fungus that has, will form a beneficial symbiotic relationship with the roots of the plant, helping it take up water and oxygen and all of those good things. It kills all that too. Now, if you're starting seeds, microwave it every time because there's also what's called fusarium in soil and that will cause damping off of your seedlings. And why would you microwave instead of use the oven? It's faster. Speed.
2: Ah, uh, see, I use the microwave because it smells better in the long run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have sterilized soil before, and it certainly can get a little funky in the kitchen. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, to me, uh, and maybe it's because of what I do. And I do um, what's called bulk density tests on soil to see how much water to air to soil. It's, there's a whole bunch of mathing involved. So I microwave soil at work all the time. Uh, So to me, microwave soil kind of smells like baked potatoes. (laughs) But sometimes I think potatoes smell like dirt. And I just want the whole aroma
2: in my house. When I bake dirt, I did it once for my Don't call it
1: dirt. She's allowed to call it dirt. I'll let it (laughs) soil
2: My soil. It dirty. Makes my hands dirty. I have to sweep it off the floor. Um, It is. I baked it for all my cactuses once. Um, Because I was having an issue. I had a little critter that was hollowing out my cactuses. Um, Yeah, little larvae of some sort. So I ended up thinking it came from soil that I used and I baked it all. And my house (laughs) reeked for like two days. It was like bacon. You were in it and you think like, okay, the smell is gone. You leave your house and you come back. You're like, still smell it. And it just dirt outside after rain it smells good gardens Absolutely. everything they smell amazing but when your house smells like that it's not it's not as nice it's not so good hey not so good so that's why I micro that's
1: a kind dip. of my natural environment so
0: <laughs> I suppose it would be you just
1: I don't even notice it
0: I don't notice it either when I'm sitting beside you
1: like yeah. you also
2: have the trees. <laughs> I just caught that one. (laughs) But you also have the trees and the smell of the new growth. There's a difference between just soil or dirt or whichever you want to call it and the smell of like earth and new growth.
1: And that smells good. New growth smells good. But when you're baking just dirty stuff. It's funny because I can um, there's a condition called anaerobic soil. And uh, once your soil gets waterlogged and there's no more air in there, it can go anaerobic, which is basically your soil has gone toxic. It's gone bad. Um, And it's got a certain smell to it. And I can be walking somewhere and I can tell you if there's like a mud puddle that's been sitting there stagnant for too long. I can smell anaerobic soil. Is that what it smells like? Like a gross mud puddle? Yeah.
2: Because I, I know that smell. You know
1: that kind of sour mud puddle. Yeah, smell. Those are my dog's favorite to roll in. <laughs> They're everybody's dog's favorite to roll in. Actually, it's funny. You were talking not about- olive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're talking about smells. I walked past a coworker the other day, and he's like, "You smell good." I was like, "That is purely by accident." <laughs> it's hot in the greenhouse. You're running around sweating. It's maybe
0: you just have a very nice natural scent. I don't think I'm that lucky, but all right, <laughs> we're going to go with that. It could happen. It could yeah. happen. Uh, you know, we're coming to the end of our hour, but is there anything else we should know about soils and growing mediums that we haven't discussed already?
1: I think, you know, do some reading. Now, I, I say that lightly because it's there are so many conflicting posts on the internet. Uh, if in doubt, Phone a local greenhouse and ask them, what brand of soil for tropical plants do you recommend? They are going to be happy to help you. They've probably got something in stock. Go see them.
0: You know, that's a good point, calling your local greenhouse, because every place, I mean, hopefully, you know, we have listeners who are from everywhere. Um, Wherever you are is going to be different from where we are.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Asking your local experts is a great idea because they're simply going to know.
1: They're probably going to recommend something that is a good fit for most stuff. They're going to be able to point you in the right direction. They're going to be able to sell you a quality product. And they're also going to stand behind their product. So if you open it up and it's full of fungus gnats, you're like, here's my receipt. I was just here. Can you help me? chances are they're going to be able to take care of you. And some local greenhouses as well will do um, potting days where you can take your plants to them and repot there using their soil. They're, yes, there's a cost, but... That's a fun-sounding activity. It is. It's really fun. Yeah,
2: and then you have someone right there to ask questions. Or, Absolutely. I know people are scared to repot because they're scared to, like, damage the plant. Like, they're scared as they're pulling it out of the pot and... It's
1: terrifying, listening. especially if it's something that. that you love.
2: I find that most plants are a lot more hardy to the physical touch than root-wise as than we think.
1: I love watching new people in the greenhouse. They're so delicate, taking stuff <laughs> out of the pot. I'm grabbing it, yanking it out of the pot, slamming it in something else and I'm good to go. And when you're repotting, you actually
0: maybe don't need as much soil as you think you do because shouldn't you only be going up like a, a another pot, one size? pot size
1: at a time it's so tempting to be like i never want to have to do this again i'm putting it in a big pot one pot size at a time that way the roots can drain the water from the soil that's around it that's not sitting in something soggy
2: i'll make a confession kevin's in a huge pot but <laughs> i took a, a big pot put it inside grower pot inside then i put a tray that like a heavy duty tray it's black and i drilled some holes in it because i love drilling holes and things and then i filled like so he looks like he's in a pot that's about two feet tall and to the naked eye you'd probably think whoa that's a really big pot for him but he's actually only you know buried down about six seven inches
1: and that's a good way to do it
2: yeah it's a little little creative but i love the big pot and i didn't know how to how else to do it so I've done that to a couple other plants as well.
0: Well, especially when he's, what, 27 feet long or something? Yeah. It's a little unwieldy to try and wrangle. Kevin. Oh, exactly. Well,
2: and I, I didn't want to have to repot him anytime too soon. So.
1: And you know what? Never be afraid to ask your plant friends to help you repot. Yeah. Another nice activity. Yeah. I, I got into a little bit of trouble with my big carnosa because I got all ambitious and I was going to repot him by myself. This is a plant that's attached to a trellis on a wall. Yeah. I had to break the old pot off. It was not pretty. My poor husband came home. It looked like a bomb had gone off in our house. There's bits of ceramic pot everywhere. I have a hammer. I've got a plant balanced over my head. It it was bad. I should have asked for help.
0: You had some shrapnel. I did. I
1: had plant shrapnel. It was not good. Yeah, because you had to break him out of that pot. I did. Yeah. Jeff
2: usually helps me with the big ones, so I'm lucky that way.
0: I don't really have big ones. It's because you keep putting them up too
2: high. I know. (laughs) It's a problem. (laughs) But if you got bigger ones, you might not put them up so high.
0: That's true. I've learned my lesson, ladies. Okay. And that is why. Okay. So I'm going to um, show my husband this picture I stumbled across on the internet. And it is essentially a pegboard for plants. Nice. So the pegs are big. They're probably like an inch, inch wide dowels or whatever. And then the peg wall you just move the pegs around instead of shelf on them and it looked really cool so I'm going to ask him pretty please if I can do that in the living room. Nice. I like that idea. Yeah he also built me a potting station.
2: Which is super awesome. So yeah yes. now you'll get to like mix up all kinds of soil on that because it's and beautiful.
0: I will say it has actually made me a better plant
1: owner. It's it makes a difference if you have an area that you like to work in. If you have to completely rearrange the living room, spread out plastic garbage bags so you don't destroy the house, it's, it's not any fun. He
0: gave me some space
2: in the garage. That's very nice. I that. know.
1: Can and you send a, a memo man. to my husband?
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe you should talk to mine. Because I have to clean my kitchen and then I have to do my plant stuff. And then I have to clean the kitchen again to get rid of right. all the plant stuff. Sometimes if it's just one that I have to redo for one reason or another, I'll do it right over the bin itself and then whatever falls in. That's not a big deal. But yeah, when it's like I'm taking a day and I'm repotting these ones and these ones or this one needs more soil, then I have to clean the kitchen first and then do it and then clean the kitchen again. And it kind of sucks. You can just
1: bring them over here. We can have potting station event. I split open a green garbage bag. And because we have vinyl plank flooring in our living room, the static keeps it down.
0: Oh. oh, that's nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I just take my bucket over top, I do all my plot over there, I've got my mess. I put my bucket away and I just roll up the garbage bag and away it goes.
2: I still that's find handy. I'm I'm messy. I still find I kick it here and there. <laughs> the dog, the cat, of course. You lay a garbage Tom doesn't come and lay on the garbage bag?
1: He does. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've planted my cat on occasion. Yeah, it's happened. <laughs> my, my cat would be like, you
2: just laid that on. Wait, I'll wait till you get a little dirt. And then it would come over and lay down. And then it would roll and bat some roll and bat some things. And yeah, I don't think that would work. I have to do it on the table because he's not allowed on the table.
0: Those are some serious adventures in repotting. It's been fun. Yeah. 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 I would say, listeners out there, if you have some adventures in repotting, just share that with us because we would love to hear your funny stories about how you repot your plants because I'm betting there's some really great innovation out there. Yeah. I'm going to guess.
2: If you have a cactus, that's those ones are really interesting. How you, how people do <laughs> that's an adventure. I'm yeah. scared to pop or agave. A cactus.
0: Agave. Yeah. Those yeah. ones are scary too. Um, and so any questions or comments you might have for us, we'd love to
1: hear from you. I love soil questions.
0: Amanda loves soil questions. My
1: apologies if I fall down a rabbit hole, though.
0: <laughs> just be prepared to Google some words if you want to ask Amanda some soil questions. Uh, and I know I'm much like you, Sue, making my own stuff. Just kind of. Yeah, I mix all my own, too. Yeah, just, you know, it's uh, it sounds like it's fairly forgiving, though. So it is. Yeah. Just don't put the don't put dirt in and you're fine. You don't want to have mud.
1: No, exactly. Stay <laughs> Stay away from garden soil and you are good. Yeah.
0: So go ahead, please feel free to reach out to us. We're online in this day and age. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash fancyplantspodcast. We are also on Instagram at fancyplantspodcast. And you can email us all of your pretty pictures and stories to social at fancyplantspodcast.com. We really love hearing from you. And we really love that you've tuned in to be talking plants with us today. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time.
1: Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: It's all about them fancy plants. The
2: plants
1: podcast.
0: Come on, We're sugar mama. Plants. Get your There's green.
1: In your home, the fancy in. plants podcast. I love We're a green color. Like
0: mm-hmm. The fancy plants.
2: Oh, yeah.